the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number 445 for Sunday, April 14th, 2013. And welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, the show where you send in questions, tips, and cool stuff found. We answer questions, we share tips and cool stuff found, and together we all try to learn a little something new about the Mac here on this Sunday night here in Durham, New Hampshire. Here I am, Dave Hamilton. <laughs> and here in Fairfield, Connecticut, on pre-tax day, John F. Braun. Pre-tax day, that's right, yes. Well, in the U.S. here, uh, you know, all citizens, of course, are, are very happy to pay their taxes in return for the uh, services they get from uh, the government. I mean, you know, there's no questioning that. Um, but tomorrow, uh, Monday is the day that you have to have it postmark or you can get an extension and uh, send in your dough or get a refund. And actually, I <laughs> thought I was going to owe some money, but I actually uh, got some back. Um, good, good due to you. a uh, well uh, always double check your work uh, whether it's on the computer or doing it by by hand which i tend to like to do um i typed in a zero instead of a nine and that equals nine thousand dollars of of something good uh, that's good <laughs> so <laughs> all right so uh i'm looking at the thing here we've got a great agenda actually we've got some cool stuff you did a you did a a technical uh thing this week i wound up dealing with was one of the strangest bits of troubleshooting of an iOS device I've ever had to deal with. And, uh, and we've got a lot of great questions. We've got both Gazelle and Connected Data with their transporter in as sponsors. So, uh, John, why don't we uh, let's go right into a question. Let's let's or, uh, I say right in. Now, let's go to a question because we've done this little intro ah, bit here. So from uh, Stephen. Yeah. OK. And there's a good. um. Good basic troubleshooting question here. So from Stephen, hi everyone, and thank you for saying hi to everyone, Stephen. I recently updated Dropbox on my Mac Mini. I goofed because I forgot to follow one of your instructions, which was to uninstall before reinstalling. Which I guess we've we've stated in the past. If you can, that's yeah. a good thing. Um, my problem is that when I go to move the Dropbox app to the trash, it says I can't because it is already running. How do I kill that process? All right. So my answer is as follows, David. I think there's two ways to approach this. So one with something. Actually, you got to step back here. So. In that, uh, so, so a process is running, but how does a process get running? And there are a couple of ways of doing this. Now, in this case, the, the place you can look, and I think would solve the problem here, Dave, is to look at your login items. And this is part of your user account. If you go to System Preferences, Users and Groups, you click on your user, you will then see login items. Now, in the case of Dropbox, Dropbox is listed as login items. So I would say one way to approach this, which is not as the, that's why I'm kind of confusing things here. But, um, yes. I don't want to answer this process about killing the process because I don't think that's the right way to approach it. And that at least for Dropbox, like I said, go into login items, disable it, reboot, and then it won't be running, and then you can get rid of it. Okay. Uh -huh. But if you did what? Uh, so, so solution, and actually, this is getting into uh, perhaps a deeper topic. Maybe we'll we'll go in a little later. But one way that your Mac starts up uh, processes is by going to login items. 
uh, or, or things that are checked in login items. Another way, though, is that underneath the covers, uh, especially if you go to the terminal or uh, uh, surf the uh, file structure machine, is that there are things in, in several directories. I think it's um, uh, launch items, launch uh, daemons, startup items in uh, various uh, library folders. I'm sure we have something specific on that, but um, that's the second level. Now, to answer his question, to answer the question, though, so that's the second level is that you may still have things that are starting up that are not available in login items. I guess that's that's the the, the thing I want to I want to point out here. But number two, how do you kill a process? Well, how do you kill a process? And I think this would solve as a media problem with a lot of things or for a lot of people is you run activity monitor. It will list processes that are running. If you click on one, you will then see in the upper left-hand corner of that window, a little stops red stop sign, and it'll say quit process. And if you click on that, it will try best they can, the OS will, to kill that process. At, at that point, then, I think you could also uh, delete it. Though that's kind of a, a heavy-handed way of doing it, Dave. Yeah, I mean, it, that that is the right way to go and find a process that you can't find any other way. But if, let's say... Uh, it's Safari. Obviously, the way you'd quit it is you'd go to Safari and choose quit, right? You know, go to the Safari menu and choose quit. And with Dropbox, you you sort of have a similar option. You can go to your Dropbox menu at the top of the screen. And uh, depending on which version you're using, uh, the, the kind of the old version had a quit Dropbox right there in that menu. The new one uh, shows you the most recently updated uh, menu items or menu files in the menu. And then there's a little gear widget that you uh, click and then you've got a quit Dropbox uh, option from there. So I would, I'd actually try to quit it right from the menu bar first. Uh, if it won't, then you can use activity monitor to kind of pound it out, but that's what I do. Okay. <laughs> that hadn't occurred to me. I'm <laughs> assuming there's a reason that Steven didn't just click on the Dropbox icon and choose quit. And there, and there may well be, that's right. Yeah, that, that's what I'm kind of drawing from why we got the question in the first place. But we hate I to mean, assume, you know, sometimes well, it is. It could, simple. Well, it's yeah. Well, the thing is, it, it may not be obvious. Uh, right. Well, number one, if you didn't choose to, which I can you choose to not have the Dropbox icon in the in the menu bar? I, I don't can. think you can do that anymore. You can choose how it appears in the menu, either black and white or color, but you it. It always appears in the menu, or at least it should always appear in the menu. So, okay, if you start it up, like in log in items. Uh, any, okay. any way that it starts up, yeah. And actually, I'm looking at it. it. Oh, they've changed things here, but now you have a little, uh, what I think uh, some call an action wheel. And if you click on that, so actually, even is, with the isn't new... is that what I just said? Yes. Okay, just checking. Hey, um... No, I just noticed the yeah. change. I, I hadn't clicked on it in a while, and it looks... Uh, different. I don't know if I'm crazy about it, but at least it has a gear that indicates, yeah, there's interesting stuff here more stuff that's right uh you know while we're talking about menu bar items uh it it's probably a good time to jump to josh and uh and josh writes and and uh. we've we've talked about this before but uh but clearly it keeps it keeps coming up and we get actually quite a bit of email about this josh says uh lately i've noticed that if kept if my imac is kept powered on and allowed to hang out in sleep mode upon waking the displayed time will no longer be the current time. I've left untouched overnight while I sleep. The time will display 1 a.m. every time. This will also occur throughout the day if I'm working at the iMac and step away for a few hours. As I do not have a regular working pattern on the iMac, I've not been able to notice a pattern in the times. Uh, he says if I hover the pointer 
over the frozen time, it will change to the current time. I've checked the logs with console, and though I have almost no understanding of what I'm looking at, the commands being run at the time the Mac is asleep don't seem any different than those that occur around the times that the clock freezes. Uh, in fact, at the time of this writing, this email, I just woke up the iMac and I'm stuck at 1 a.m., even though the real time is 8.53 a.m. I hovered the mouse over the clock and the time changed. Uh, and then he goes on to say, and this is the hint, although I didn't even need the hint because I knew what this was. Says, he goes on to say the RAM is nowhere near maxed out. According to iStat menus, the clock in iStat freezes too. Uh, mail, Chrome, spam, Civ, text expander, launch bar, console and team viewer are all still running. I've tried resetting the PRAM. And the the trick is that this is or was a bug in one of the early builds of iStat menus for the problem with iStat menus, and this is even true as of the build that I happened to check the other day when I was uh, answering Josh's question, yeah. is know. it does not auto update. So even though there's a newer build that fixes your bug and may even add more and more features, <laughs> uh, it's not going to tell you about this. You have to go uh, somehow to iStat menus. The easiest way for me to get there is to go up to the menu bar. And uh, and and hit one of the iStat menus. And then at the bottom, there's the little iStat menus icon that launches the full app. And then once that's launched, you can click check for updates, at which time, of course, it will walk you through the process of updating. And and we did, in fact, hear back from Josh and, and that fixed it. iStat menus is cool. Uh, if you haven't used it before, I do recommend it, even though it doesn't auto update. Uh, but what it does is it. um allows you to put a lot of things that you would normally find in activity monitor and still will find an activity monitor. It allows you to take that data and put it in your menu bar. So you can see at a glance how much disk space you're using, how much Ram is being used or how it's being used, uh, how much CPU is being used and, and other things. I mean, I, I put my clock up there with, I take the system clock out and put the iStat menu clock in so that I can get moon phase and all kinds of cool stuff. Cause I'm crazy like that. But uh, but but it <laughs> is cool. Me, yeah. Now, what I like about it, uh, so I use it also, Dave. And then maybe a little tangent here because I was playing around in the menu bar while you were waxing. Poetic. No, it's a it's a great product. Yeah. Um, the network menu will also show you mm. uh, throughput of, or if you're wondering what processes are using bandwidth, it will show them as well. So right now I'm looking and I see Apple File Server. And it comes up with a figure of, of throughput. I see DD Service 64D, which is my Drobo. Yep. Um, you may see something called web process, which means that Safari is uh, typically doing that. I see Skype. Um, but it's a good tool for a high level. I wouldn't say it's very thorough, but it shows you a high level of, you know, so if something's sucking bandwidth and you notice it in, in, the, high, in the menu bar menu, this will tell you who or what it is. Right. No, I think that's a great feature because a lot of times that's a that's a head scratchers. You know who's who's sucking down the bandwidth, right? So, uh, right. Now, what I want to bring up though, Dave, is that I thought in the past is that Apple menu bar items typically you could hold down Command and move them around, but I noticed iStat menus. Uh, you totally like to can. do that as well. Yeah. No, but I noticed a lot of other apps like so. I'm looking Sugar Sync, Dropbox, uh, uh, Transport. I'm looking at all the other things in my menu bar. I cannot move them by holding down Command, which indicates to me that it's a different type of menu bar item. Right. It's just funny that iStat Menus kind of breaks that rule. Yeah. Somehow iStat Menus installs itself as like an Apple widget, uh, whereas uh, the other things are just applications. And like you said, Dropbox and you know, Sugar Sync and and uh, 
you know, connected data. I mean, all that stuff, they're just apps with icons in the menu bar and you can't rearrange them other than quitting and launching them in your preferred order. So. All right. Fun stuff. Uh, Back on the track. What's that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, to, <laughs> to jump back on the track, I want to talk about our first sponsor, which I told you was Gazelle at, uh, of course, gazelle.com. And uh, and what Gazelle does is they send you money. It's it's quite it's pretty simple. Uh, of course, you have to send them your old iOS devices or your old Mac laptops. But uh, but they they send you money for all of this stuff. And uh, and, and you can, they'll even take like other phones, like they'll take the Galaxy S2 or the S3. And uh, but the, the, it's great. You go to their website and you can go there on your iPhone. They have a great mobile website uh, or you can go there on your on your Mac and put in what you have, what condition it's in. And then boom, up comes uh, the price that they'll pay you for this. And if you like it, they send you a box. And then off it goes. And I, in fact, I just finished doing this uh, with my daughter's old uh, iPod touch fourth gen and they send you a box. It's got a cool packaging thing. It uses like a, uh, it doesn't have all the foam or anything in it. it it's a, a piece of cardboard. That's like safely floating in the middle of the box with a, uh, a piece of plastic right on it. And you sort of pick up the plastic and slip your iPod under it and it holds it tight and ships it off safely. And as soon as they got her thing, they verified that it was good to go and gave us our money uh, via PayPal, but we could have gotten it with a check or any other way we like. And, uh, and if you do it with Amazon through them, if you take an Amazon uh, gift card from them, I think they add 5% to it, but uh, it works. It works great. And you know, the nice part is you can very quickly turn this stuff into cash and then take that cash and go and buy an upgrade. You know, if, uh, if she wanted a fifth gen iPod, well now she's got some money to, to spend toward that. So it's, uh, and they're really, like you said, the payment comes in really fast. I mean, I think it took, I don't know, two days or something from the time that they, they got it to say, yep, here's your money. And, uh, the quote is great because you go online and when they give you the quote, it's good for 30 days. So if you know that something new is coming out, or even if you think something new is coming out, you can go to gazelle, get a price quote before the new one is announced and maybe actually get a little more money out of it. So, uh, so go to check it out. You go to gazelle.com and just play around and put in, you know, prices for the devices or put in uh, uh, specs for the devices you have and see what, uh, see what you get. We had a, uh, you know, we had a listener write to us, John, you may have seen who said that uh, it, it, the, the title of the email was praise for your advertiser gazelle. And the funny thing was uh, he says uh they exceeded my expectations in a situation when I didn't become a customer. And that that's kind of that's telling to me. Uh, he says, uh, I can't wait for the time when I actually will complete a transaction with them. He says, I'm back in school now as a grad student. But the deal was the, that this educational endeavor left me with an unexpected bill. Uh, I didn't want higher ed to trash my credit, of course. So uh, I thought I'd sell my 2012 MacBook Air to Gazelle to get some cash. He says, I sent it to him. They were just about to cut me a check. And a miraculous sequence of events occurred, uh, which led to him getting a bunch of extra work and also the university crediting his bill uh, down to zero as a gesture of goodwill. So he had all this goodwill thrown at him. And he says, I thought it was a crazy idea, but I thought, what if I tell Gazelle that I messed up really bad and just ask for my laptop back? They agreed, no questions asked, and sent it back and even paid for the shipping in both directions. He says, I received it yesterday and I'm back in business, quite literally and figuratively. So, uh. So that's excellent customer service. And thanks for sharing that, that story with us too. It's uh, I always like it when I hear real world stuff, because that's what makes this real. So gazelle.com, check it out. It's a good way to get cash. 
And cash is, you know, cash is king. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. All right. You want me to play Paul's comment here? Or are you going to give it any, uh, any, uh, uh no, I think, uh, and he's got a pretty good voice there. He does. And he's a fellow podcaster. He is. That's so, right. Um, yeah, I think the audio uh, uh, is, is the best way itself. to go. Okay, let's go. Hi, John and Dave. This is Paul Scott from the TechBits podcast. Sometime back, you were talking about hard drive corruption on a on a Mac drive and um, using disk utility to try and do a repair if that doesn't work reboot the system into recovery console and try to run the same, um, the same disk utility. And if that didn't work, you were, you would basically have to reformat the drive and start over. Uh, something I found recently, I ran into just such a situation and I found if I went back to Applejack and booted the computer in single user mode and ran Applejack, that was able to fix the drive corruption that for some reason disk utility could not. So I thought I would uh, let you guys know as a quick tip, um, Applejack still might be able to fix a few things that maybe Disk Utility doesn't address. Thanks, and keep up the good work on the podcast. This is where you cut me off. Well, thanks, Paul. Uh, that's Yeah, that's a good tip. You know, um, Applejack... I, I still haven't used it, Dave. Well, ever. so it, you... But you still have the... Um, it, you, you're still in luck, John. You're, you're not out of luck, rather, I should say. I don't think <laughs> Applejack works with Mountain Lion, so that's probably why you don't want to use it. Um, I think, I think, I think, I think it's not working with Mountain Lion yet. But uh, well, oh, I'm running Lion. Oh right, on yeah, yeah. Machine, so I could fiddle with it on this, where I recently replaced the hard drive. Yay. Yep. Um, but what Applejack is or was uh, is an easy way from the single user command prompt. So you reboot your Mac with command S held down uh, and you'll get a terminal prompt uh, of your Mac. And you can do some troubleshooting here because nothing else is running. You don't have the GUI running in the background or in the foreground. And so you, you have the ability to make some changes that you otherwise could not make if your, uh, if your Mac was up and running, what Applejack did or does on anything up to Lion up to and through line uh, is it gives you easy access to a lot of different commands available from the terminal, but it doesn't do anything that you couldn't do on your own anyway. It just makes life easier to do it or made life easier to do it. Uh, but what Paul's talking about is a file system check from the command line with an app. Again, Applejack makes it easy, but that's actually probably the easiest thing to do without Applejack too, simply because Apple gives you the command to do it right above your terminal prompt when you boot into single user mode. And, uh, and it's, you know, FSCK space dash F Y I think is, is what you type. And then off it goes and, and goes and, and does a file system repair. But Paul is right. While it would seem like running disk utility would also run FSCK and it does also run FSCK. I too have seen things in the past where I couldn't fix it with disk utility with the uh, recovery partition, but I could fix it from the command line with FSCK. And I don't know why that is. I don't know what exactly it's doing differently when it's run inside a disk utility, but suffice to say Paul's advice stands and, and I've seen this in the past too. So thanks for the, for the, the tip uh, and, and, and the reminder, cause I would totally forgotten about that. So it's good stuff, John. Yeah. It's a switch. It's a switch. 
It's a setting. It must, must be using a subtle. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I mean, it. yeah. Yeah, it must be. It must be. I'll try it. So Applejack, you say? Yeah, it's applejack.sourceforge.net. I'll try it on the, uh, the mini. Yeah, it's handy because it, you know, it gives you a little display where you can repair your disks and repair permissions and, you know, clean cache files and all of that stuff. Again, stuff you can do on your own, but this certainly makes it easier. So, um, so, so John, I, I mentioned here, I, I think, I think, yes, a, a tale of, of, of woe and, a, and, and then of triumph. I it think. was total triumph. <laughs> I, and I'm, I've got, a, I'm going to write an article about this because I know I won't be the last person to experience this. So my son, uh, he, the one that came on the show, whatever, five, four, four months ago or something talking about his new uh, iPod touch fifth generation. And yes, this was the same one that we all know here in our happy little family. We know that it, it spent a, a quality uh, second in the dog bowl, uh, but re- re- returned unscathed. And thankfully uh, on uh, with, with the, the water indicator unmodified. So that was healthy uh, and happy. But anyway, uh, he started having this problem where his iPod would that I'm, I'm going to use a term that may make you think that we jailbroke this, but we did not. But what would happen is springboard would reboot. Now springboard is a process that is from Apple and it is the process that manages the home screen and all the buttons and everything. Now, the reason I knew that it was Springboard that was rebooting was from my jailbreaking days because I knew what that looked like. And what happens when Springboard reboots is you're on the iPod, you're doing something, and then suddenly you get the Apple logo, but only for a brief moment. And then you're right back. If it's truly going to reboot the whole thing, that takes, you know, whatever, 15, 20 seconds sometimes. Uh, this is, you know, a second or two of the Apple logo at most. And then you're just back, but still annoying. And he told me about this and I thought, wow, well, okay. And so we tried messing with it a little bit and couldn't get it to work. And I knew that they were going to the mall last weekend. I had a gig or whatever. And, uh, and so he, we made an appointment for him at the Apple store. He took it in and he talked to him and told him what was going on. And they said, oh, yep, we've seen this before. It's one of your games crashing, uh, the phone, which I thought, wow, that's weird that that would crash springboard, but Okay. And uh, they said, you got to wipe everything off your phone uh, or, you know, do it, do a erase all, but don't refresh from a backup, you know, don't restore from a backup, just rebuild from scratch. And he was fine with that. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. I don't have any saved data that, that matters, you know, so I'm, I'm good. So he did that. And then he got home and, you know, they told him, you know, re-download your apps or whatever. And, uh, and, you know, sign into iCloud and do all your stuff. And, and, uh, and so he got home and it was still doing it. And I thought, yeah, okay. You know, I kind of had a feeling that this was a hardware problem, not a software problem, but uh, you know, it was worth a shot. So this past weekend or Thursday or whatever, we went back to the Apple store and before we, you know, here's, here's a tip when you, I booked the appointment on my phone, but you can book it, you know, uh, online too. You have the option to put in a reason for your, your visit and I put right in there, you know, we were in, uh, uh, it was actually two different stores, but I said, we were in the, you know, the Salem, New Hampshire store a week ago. They told us to do this. We did it. Problem still happening. And I just left it at that. And, uh, and so when we got there, they saw that and they had at the, at that moment already decided they were going to replace it before they even touched it. And it, because they were like, you know, we don't want to waste your time. You, you've already done what we told you to do. <laughs> They were a little upset at the previous store because they said they really should have done a firmware restore, not just an erase all settings. But mm. they're like, you know, 
uh, we don't want to waste your time in case this really does turn out to be a hardware thing. Uh, you know, we don't want you to have to come back again. So they're like, here's a new one. Happy to go. But don't again, still don't restore from that backup. Great. Fine. So uh, we, you know, he downloaded his app. We did the whole thing and got him, you know, back in business and signed into iCloud, download a, a game from the play on the way home. It didn't take five minutes and the thing uh, did it again. It's like, okay, wait a minute. How is this even possible? Right. It, you know, we replaced it. A new hardware. And we didn't restore from a backup and, you know, okay. So maybe it's this one game that he downloaded. Okay. It's possible because he only downloaded one game. And so we did it again. When we got home, we wiped the settings. This time I even did the firmware restore right on the new one, came back up different games, you know, same thing kept happening, kept happening. And finally I'm like, okay, maybe it's your, so that's not a hardware problem. Totally not a hardware problem. <laughs> right. It can't be. I, I mean, it, it could be, there or could be a, uh, but, a but it's a, it sounds to me a software or corrupted data. The thing is where, oh, where is the corrupted data? Well, one thing that was interesting was while we were in the Apple store, the guy, cause I said to him, I said, it's springboard that's crashing. I said, but uh, you know, when I say that, I don't mean that we've jailbroken this thing. And he's like, no, no, I get what you're saying. He was, you know, he was good. It was a good tech. And he said, well, let's look. And so he did. He went in. And if you go in on your iPod or your, or your iPhone or any iOS device, any iOS device, you go to settings, general, about, all the way at the bottom of that is diagnostics and usage. If you leave the automatically send checked, then you can click on diagnostic and usage data and actually see crash logs. If you don't leave automatically send checked, rarely, if ever, will you see anything out here. So I leave mine checked just so I can see this data. And sure enough, there was a ton of springboard crashes listed. I was like, oh, brilliant. And uh, and so I was like, OK, fine. So I started looking again. And sure enough, you know, there's more of these springboard crashes. And I thought, OK, well, it's got to be iCloud. Like, that's the only thing that's consistent. <laughs> No, really. Well, I mean, how did you make that leap? <laughs> well, because I, I, I did. I followed the troubleshooting process. I'm like, OK, you know, I didn't log into iCloud at one point, you know, after I did a, a yet another. I mean, I probably did 15 full restores on this thing. Right. And uh, I'm like, OK, I'm not going to log into iCloud. So I didn't. And I did. You know, I used it for a little while and then I downloaded this game for him. And I played that for a little while. It was fine, you know, and then I logged into iCloud and within like 10 seconds springboard rebooted. I'm like, yes. OK, you know, we're getting closer here. OK, it's it's iCloud. So at least we're not going crazy. You know, there is something that's been consistent amongst all these devices. So then I dug a little deeper. At first, I thought it was PhotoStream. So we went down that rat hole for a while, cleaning out PhotoStream and all that. It wasn't PhotoStream. And uh, and then I thought, well, I looked, I'm like, what do you have in documents and data? And, uh, and I looked and it, it had, you know, data from a couple of his games. So we cleared all that out. And then just to make sure it was clear, I went in on his Mac and all documents and data does is takes the data from your iPod and syncs it to iCloud and, and other devices, but it also syncs it to your Mac. And on your Mac, it puts it in home library mobile documents and it's it actually acts just like dropbox it's this folder we've talked about it before it can be synced we don't recommend using it that way but it you know we knew that this happened so i went in there and i found kind of a lot of empty shell folders from games that we had deleted the data from and but there was just a folder there and thought well, that's probably not it 
But then there was a bunch of things. There were four things, all starting with com, not com dot Apple, because there are no dots in this. It's all tildes instead. So it's com tilde Apple tilde shoebox and then uh, tilde system spotlight till the text edit and tilde text input. And I had remembered from the crash log that I had seen for Springboard that the thread that had crashed listed text input like a hundred times. And I thought that's got to be it. So I removed from my Mac, I removed that folder from his, you know, user account. It was also synced to the same iCloud account and then restarted his iPod, went through the whole process again, uh, synced up with iCloud, no crashing. Like, oh, yes. Okay, great. Now we know that that was it. And I don't even know what this text input thing does. Uh, it's got it. There's a folder in there for each. There's a dictionaries folder. And then in the dictionaries folder, there's a folder for each device that you've synced. Maybe it's the kind of auto correction that happens when you type something and tell it not to correct or whatever. I don't know what it does. But anyway, the data in there was corrupt. And then guess what? His iPad and his iPhone started crashing in exactly the same way. And we fixed that by sort of going through a similar process. We turned off documents and data, restarted the device, turned on documents and data, and then it was fine. But uh, <laughs> dude. And so I called the Apple store and told them, I'm like, you should just know that not, not to scold them or anything. I mean, I wouldn't expect anybody to find this. This was a total needle in the haystack. I'm like, here you go. You know, do with this information what you will, but you should know. And thanks for the, you know, the free uh, replacement mm-hmm. iPod, you know, it was good. So Crazy. But you know, it's not crazy. I'm seeing a lot of evidence, Dave, that this is something having to do with iCloud. And I shake my fist at iCloud syncing. And this is a great lead in into the next question. Yes. Yes, sure. Because I believe based on what you just said, and you mentioned uh, this is the hot button with me. You mentioned documents and data under iCloud. And Uh this has caused me grief. Yep. And I believe it's causing Kenneth some grief. So let me go to preview and uh, and you're going to find Kenneth. Hey, look at that. And well, basically my strategy here is to type it in the find field yeah. and um, and the email comes up. So Kenneth says or writes or speaks or thinks mail.app has started re-enabling enable junk mail filtering on every restart of the program. It's infuriating. And for those of you who don't know, in Mail App or Apple's Mail App, if you go to the uh, preferences, there is then a pane that has a little checkbox where you can say, yes, uh, have mail either uh, check for spam or let somebody else do it. So to continue, I tried looking in preferences, then trashing the plist file that changed when I changed the status. Did that, com.apple.mail.plist, but all it accomplished was to require me to reset all my preferences and reinstall my key plugins. Mail tag, mail tags, and mail hub. Enable junk mail filtering still comes on whether I want it or not. Any suggestions? And I have one, Dave, because I have verified this, and this is still an ongoing issue, though I think I may have fixed it. Uh, But number one here. So I had issues in the past, and it was with mail rules and other settings, including the junk. And what happens, I would change them, and they wouldn't take hold. And the, the way I solved it, and I'll have to dig in the archives to find the article, but other people had this problem as well, is it's actually a problem where it, you had to disable documents and data syncing in iCloud for your mail.app preferences to take hold. 
So right. that was my initial suggestion, but, but I still have the fish shake in that there's something wrong at some level. Now, the only thing I noticed, Dave, and I think this may be why I still have problems with this, or I haven't tried. I basically just disabled documents and data iCloud syncing because I really don't use it sure. as far as I know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you may and it was not causing grief and it was causing grief um, in mail on my, my newly, uh, you know, set up a MacBook pro. So, but I actually noticed that it was still enabled on my Mac mini, which has been a machine that's been migrated from mobile me and blah, blah, blah. I, I'm still convinced I have a corrupted iCloud installation and I just need a big reset button <laughs> to fix all this stuff because it sounds like something went wrong, especially when I re-enable it. I see stuff getting pulled from the cloud and some of these special folders and the names and dates are like way off. So yeah, it's, it's uh, crazy. Talk about that a bit more. There, there, there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's something happening underneath the covers that I don't, know what's going on and it's and i don't know how to fix it well the, but, uh, it's a minor thing now i, now I have a, i have a suggestion it, cool. yeah Go. well okay so I, what worked for luke's ipod might work for you it, you know if you go in on your mac to icloud and you see documents and data there and then at the bottom you hit manage you see backups uh which is just for your ios devices and then you see mail but that's not your mail settings that's just telling you what you have for like your mac.com or me.com or icloud.com mail and then you see things for all these apps and some of them are apple apps like pages and numbers if you have those installed and then others are ios apps or you know various things that have stored data out there in icloud but you see nothing for any of these apple settings like mm -hmm. your mail like this text input thing, there's no way to say to iCloud that I know of, go ahead and wipe out my documents and data on the cloud and and allow right. me to rebuild those. You know, you can do them per app, but not per every app and certainly not for the system settings. So if you go into that uh, mobile documents folder, John, you'll see mm -hmm. that there is a com tilde Apple tilde mail uh, thing there. I wonder if you, you'd have to turn your documents and data syncing back on. But knowing that this acts like Dropbox, if you go in there and I would quit mail first uh, just to kind of keep things clean. But if you go in there and remove the com tilde Apple tilde mail folder, that should wipe it out everywhere, including up on the cloud. And that might be the magic answer for you, because then that will repopulate the next time you launch mail on any of your Macs. And uh, and and might fix that. You know, you've gotten rid of the corrupted data now. It certainly worked with that text input folder uh, for Luke's iPod. So I'm thinking, you know, we're probably in in uh, I, I would I would think you got an 80 percent chance of fixing it. Better chance of fixing it than I do, of for whatever reason, not hitting my mic stand again, which I've now done twice mm -hmm. in the last 30 seconds. So sorry about that, folks. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, that that that's how you clean that out. It just sucks. And I will tell you, it's good. Lucas doesn't use any other stuff um, that uses iCloud. So I was able to kind of see, you know, what a clean iCloud folder looks like. And and it is four things. They all start with com tilde, Apple tilde. And then it is shoebox, system spotlight, text edit and text input. All four of those are, you know, sort of storing by default. But. I, at least with text input, I was able to just delete it. And then, like I said, on his other iOS devices, what I had, well, I don't know what I had to do. I'll tell you what I did that worked. 
is I went into iCloud. I turned off documents and data syncing, restarted the device, went back into iCloud and turned it on. And that did it. None of those devices crash anymore. Uh, it was weird that none of the devices were crashing before I started messing with it. Uh, or only one was crashing, but anyway, yeah, it's crazy stuff, man. So we get to shake our fists, but we also get a really cool tip out of it. So, you know, it's cool. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, we have actually, we have a couple of other mail things to go through, uh, while we're here, but first I want to talk about our second sponsor, which as I told you is connected data, uh, and their product called the transporter, uh, or you can think of it if you like of as the file transporter, because that helps you find the URL, which is filetransporter.com slash M G G. And what the transporter is, is it's a uh, storage device that you attach to your network uh, at home or at your office. And then uh, kind of the first level of usage with this thing is you install an app on your Mac or your iOS devices or your windows machines or all three uh, combination thereof. And you can sync data and it's your own personal cloud. Uh, and what I mean by that is it's a lot like Dropbox or even iCloud where all of your machines that are connected to this and they connected, you just have to have the app installed and log in, of course, uh, sync data to your device. But unlike Dropbox or iCloud, a copy of that data is not also stored in the cloud. It's only stored on your devices and, of course, your transporter, which lives on your network. So it is your device that stores your data. And the only place your data exists is on your computers and on the transporter. It doesn't live in the cloud as well. And that's kind of a nice thing. A little bit of peace of mind. Uh, not only does it make it more secure, it obviously does, but it also uh, lets you know that you don't have to rely on Dropbox to be accessible. Now, they haven't had a lot of outages, but, you know, they've had some. And if your Internet connection goes down, well, if you're on your local network, you still have access to your data because it's right there. Uh, of course, if you have to access it from remote and you don't have Internet, that's uh, that's not going to work. But that wouldn't work with any cloud service. Uh, so it's a pretty cool thing. So that's level one with the transporter. Level two is where, uh, you know, John has a transporter. I have a transporter. We have designated a folder, a Mac Geek Ab folder, naturally, uh, to be shared between our two transporters. Now, John syncs to his transporter. I sync to mine and our two transporters sync to each other. So John and I have matching copies of the data on our local networks for us to see at all times. Uh, now, if John didn't have a transporter, he too could sync to mine. Uh, it also works that way. So it's, it's a flexible little system. And it's cool. It's and and it's cheap. It's uh, I mean, for what you're getting, it's it's awesome. Uh, if you go to filetransporter.com slash MGG uh, and you can buy right there, the list prices are one ninety nine for what I'll call a naked transporter. So it's just the device, no drive. But you can add a terabyte for one hundred bucks and you can add two terabytes for two hundred bucks. So two ninety nine and three ninety nine. But it gets even better because if you use the coupon code MGG, you get 10% off. So now you're saving big time, you know, especially if you go with that transporter with a two terabyte drive, you know, it's three 99 list, but you're saving almost 40 bucks, uh, buying it with the coupon code. So MGG being the coupon code. So definitely worth checking out. Uh, I've, I've been very impressed with mine and, uh, they keep doing updates to the software to just kind of make things better. One update they did this week 
was the yeah. Ram foot footprint went way down. It was sitting at like, you know, four or 500 megs on each of my machines. And they did this update. And now it's like, you know, I don't know. It's like 50, mm. but, you know, it went way, way down. So they, they found some yeah. optimization, which is great. I saw that. To me, my favorite feature is still the notifications, Dave, especially uh, in our workflow. Yeah. And that I have it set up to give me notifications. So when you're changing things or uh, I don't know if you have it activated. I do. But but it's really helpful for uh, workflow in that it's saying, oh, OK, this document's being updated on your transporter. And it's right. like, oh, cool. Let me yeah. take a look. Yep. So, no, I like how, how, how they, uh, you know, you you're, like we said, you really don't think about it. It's just, oh, I see a notification. It's part of what I'm doing. And uh, yep. Yeah, I can tell when you're answering questions because part of our flow when we answer questions, folks, is uh, we answer the question via email. And then before we send the email, we save a PDF of it so that we can consider it to you know talk about here on the show. That's where the questions come from. And so we put all those PDFs, obviously, in this in this transporter folder that we share. And uh, and so immediately I know, oh, John's out there answering questions. And just like, you know, when I am, you know, it's cool. Very Cool. All right. Yeah, that's that's uh, transporter. So, again, file transporter dot com slash MGG is where you go to start. And then when you're buying, uh, use the coupon code MGG again, and that'll save you 10 points off the uh, off the uh, the devices. So buy two. They're cheap. Buy one. You save 40 bucks. Buy two. Save 80. Hey, just saying <laughs> you buy three. You're saving over 100 bucks. You can't afford not the more to. you buy the more you save. That's it. Stop. I'll stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, so Corey had a question for me. And of course, Corey mm-hmm. gets prioritized to the top of the list. Um, it, Why? It, well, because he wrote. Corey the, who? He wrote. It's Corey Emdick. He wrote the <laughs> Mac Geekab app. Yeah. So he, you know, his questions get answered. Uh, you, you understand, folks. And I strongly urge you to go and download, encourage uh, you to go and download the Mac Geekab app from the iOS app store. But Corey wrote, uh, perhaps the topic to talk about on the show would be the size of mail.app's cache data in home library mail. Uh, my mail directory is now over 10 gigs and I'm trying to slim things down to move to an SSD. I don't think 10 gigs is inaccurate or a bug. Uh, like I've seen other people have both my Gmail accounts say I'm using about five gigs of storage and most of it seems to be in the all mail mailbox. Is there a way to have mail.app only sync the inbox and leave all mail in the IMAP cloud instead of loading it all locally? I have a feeling if I blow out these files, they'll just come back the next time I launch mail. And that's correct. Um, anything that mail is syncing down to your Mac, uh, it will just re pull down because you've effectively told it to now mail in and of itself does not give you the ability to check uh, or choose which folders uh, you are syncing down to your Mac. Some other mail clients do. I believe Th- I know Thunderbird used to, I'm assuming it still does. And that's really handy, especially dealing with Gmail because Gmail has this all mail folder. And the problem with all mail is that it is exactly what it sounds like. It's everything. So if you look in all mail when you're in Gmail, you see incoming mail, outgoing mail, inbo- mail that's in the inbox, mail that's in other quote-unquote folders. So, yes, so is all mail, a, does it have duplicate information? I guess that's the it, big question here. Well, it sounds to me like the answer is yes. The answer is yes, but let me explain why. 
Go. Okay. So when you go onto Gmail's web interface and when you go back to the genesis of Gmail's web interface, their whole world uh, and whole point of doing it was we don't believe in filing mail in folders. Right. Because it's all one big blob. It's one big blob. I remember that. Right. We're a search philosophical. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, if you want to find your mail, just search. And people said, that's great. But what if I want to apply a label to a message? And they said, fine. So tags or labels were added to Gmail early, early on or folders. Right. Well, but because no, that's how most people think. No right? folders. And and here's the difference it, with folders. Well, if, I have folders and not on Gmail, uh, not on the web interface in Gmail. And that's what I'm talking about here, because then initially oh. IMAP is a very new thing. Right. For Gmail. Uh the web interface mm. doesn't have folders. It has labels and labels are uh, right. able to be attached. You can have more than one label attached to each mail message. Okay. And all mail is simply, it's a special label that you can't take away from a mail message because it's all mail. But what that means is you no, know, if you put a, if you put a message, say, and let's say I have a folder called Mac Geekab. If I put a message in Mac Geekab, mm-hmm. it's also labeled all mail because it's in all mail. The problem is in order to make IMAP work with uh, Gmail, they said, well, we're going to call labels folders and you deal with it. And the problem is you'll get duplicates, um, you know, you, because you'll see all mail and IMAP clients don't deal with it because they think folders are, you know, if you move something from one folder to another, it loses its association with the first folder and gains it with the second one. So you really do want to turn off all mail on IMAP, especially if you're using it with mail dot app on your Mac. And the way you do that is you have to do it in the Gmail interface because again, mail doesn't let you. So you go into Gmail, you go to settings, you go to labels, and then in that you'll see all of your labels. Uh, The system labels will be at the top and the ones you've created will be at the bottom. And uh, next to each one is a little checkbox that says show in IMAP. And if you uncheck that box, it magically stops appearing in IMAP. And in Corey's case, the next time you refresh or next time he refreshed, it deleted all that stuff from his Mac. It still lives up in the cloud, mm. but it deletes it from his Mac. So that's <laughs> that that accomplished what he wanted. It sort of screwed him up because he uses another app that relies on his mail being in all mail. Mm. And so that, you know, it's like, well, you, you don't. You, it, sorry, dude, I, I, I love you, but I don't have an answer because there isn't one. So Thunderbird, right? You can do manage your mail that way. Mm. Yeah. I got a chuckle here in our chat room here. Yeah, so go. Melissa or the Mac mommy, Melissa, I think you've you, uh, run into her before, but, but she basically put something in our chat room saying there are folders, labels, and mailboxes. Folders are what we see, but mailboxes are what mail calls them, which are the same as labels in Gmail. Huh. Yeah. I think yeah. she kind of summarized it because it sounds it. like, well, uh, she does some, uh, uh, a lot of consulting work and I get absolutely to this before. Cause it's confusing totally for a lot of us. And, but I love Gmail. Oh no, it's <laughs> great. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. What is next? All right. Bill? So Maybe no, let's, or... um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to jump one oh. in, Whoa. I think. Oh yeah. I'm going to jump one from the top because it's a, it's one last mail, uh, question or tip. Oh, uh, good. you know, so, um, I'm going to jump all over the place now. No, I'm not. I'm just going to go to Jerry and, uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry was having trouble in mail, bolding, italicizing, 
and underlining text. Um, really? Yeah, it wouldn't work for him. Huh. It, and it worked for me. Right. So this was something where this, you know, was an issue. And of course, it was funny because we were having this discussion, of course, via email. And that gets, you know, it was interesting because like, I, I can bold. He can see my bold, but he can't. Off the top of my head, own. you could do mail as plain or enhanced with like RTF and fonts and stuff. So. Yeah. Go. So I'm just thinking in the back of my head, it's like, well, it. there's there's two ways of emailing. And if you're in one mode, getting to the other may be. But problematic. But that was continue. that was the first thing we tried. And he, and you're right. You can go to the uh, mail. Uh, hang on. What is it? The message menu. Well, said, oh, the format menu. And you can either make the message rich text or plain text. And if it's in uh, plain text, you can't have bolding. But once you right. try to bold something, it will mail actually ask you. It'll say, hey, you want to make this rich text? <laughs> it's smart, right? He, that wouldn't work for him. It would make it rich text. He just couldn't uh, bold hmm. or anything. And so he started like you. He started thinking a little bit more down the lines. And his tip is uh, I decided to check on the overall status of my fonts in the font book application. After selecting all fonts and then validate fonts in the file menu, I discovered that several uh, fonts reported serious errors and many more that were duplicates. I spent a few minute, few minutes clearing these out, restarted my Mac, and now I can happily bold italicize or underline to my heart's content. And that's his tip. So if you're having trouble with that, and really probably not a bad idea to do this, it, you know, this kind of routine maintenance, eh, maybe once a year, go into font book and, and validate your fonts just to make sure because they the invalid fonts or corrupt fonts or even duplicates can cause wacky little issues. So it's good to good to keep that in check. So I wanted to share that little tip and it was related to mail. So, you know, what can I say? You ready to go, John? <laughs> you want to go to Phil? Where? Phil, right? Isn't Phil next? Ooh. Uh, Phil could be next if you want him to be. Phil, Phil could be next <laughs> twice, I think, because we have two from Phil that I put yes, sort of in a row. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to dive into the first one here. Okay. So the first one from Phil. I have a 4S or a, I think a iPhone 4S, and I'm trying to sync photos and it's new uh, to a new MacBook Pro and I don't get the option to select certain albums. Any thoughts? And he includes a screenshot from iPhoto, I believe, where there's a checkbox and it says sync photos from iPhoto. And the only thing that you can see here is a radio button. Uh, for those who don't know what a radio button is, a radio button is a user interface thing where you can click on it or any of its <laughs> neighbors, but it only selects one kind of like a old style radio in a car. Sorry, back to the present. So the thing is, the box, uh, so in this dialogue, there is a selection that's grayed out saying selected albums, events, and faces, blah, blah, blah. My suggestion here, uh, looking around on the web, is the problem here is a cache folder, but it's a little hard to get to. What you want to do in this case uh, to deal with a bad or corrupt cache file is to go to the iPhoto library package and what you do is you go into, into uh, pictures I believe and then you'll see iPhoto library you right click on that you then have show package contents in that you will see a folder called iPod photo cache ditch that and 
hopefully that'll fix it. Very cool. And, and just to be clear, you want to have quit iPhoto before you start mucking around in that, uh, in that iPhoto library package. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's always a safe bet and quit anything. In fact, that would, uh, that would still be, you know, accessing that library. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. You want to, uh, you want to do Phil's second one? I think he has a, a question. I guess, I guess uh, another quick one. Yeah. yeah. Eh. No. <laughs> okay. No, I got it. All okay. right. So, um, oh, let's see what he's got here. Oh, some good stuff here. I found a new app called Shirtogram. Basically, it allows you to take a photo or uh, from your library and put it on a t-shirt. Shirtogram. Say that ten picture. times fast. She. D- don't say it ten times fast. All right. <laughs> I found a picture uh, here and uh, basically tried to uh, send it in, but uh, it got cropped. So. I think the question here, and, and he sent a screenshots again, screenshots are awesome uh, for a lot of things here, because clearly I could see what happened is that he sent in the picture and it basically cut off the bottom. How do you deal with that? And I would say uh, if you're not into dealing with photos, it, it's not obvious. At first I, I was like, well, yeah, you just do this, but then <laughs> what I'm going to do in a moment here is explain to you what the, this is that I'm talking about. And what I would do is with a photo uh, fortunately, the Mac OS includes a application that can deal with many photos of uh, JPEGs and PNGs and all that stuff. And basically what I think you want to do here is to go into the, uh, and I will get it up here. Um, the quickest way and free to change the size of the image is loaded into preview. So the preview application, then there will be a tools menu, adjust size. And at that point you can adjust the size. Uh, I believe you get a, a percentage or another uh, factor here that you can adjust the photo and then you can export that uh, change and you get the new photo. So um, preview Continues, I think, for for both of us, Dave. Uh, in the past, we found a lot of features in preview as far as highlighting things or circling things, or or even here uh, for a relatively you know straightforward thing, changing the size. Preview uh, included with the OS uh, can really do a lot of things. And uh, I'm positive there's probably a, a help article on uh, on the Apple site that says, "Hey, here's what preview can do." But I found again that it does a lot that like this task that uh, otherwise would be uh, kind of difficult. So, uh, and you're right. Preview. I, I wind up using it a lot because it's, it's easy to do re quick resizing and all that stuff. However, uh, Shirtogram is, which Phil, which is what Phil asked, asked about is, uh, is an iOS app. And so there is no built in preview like app for doing all of this resizing. And, uh, and, and so you can use, uh, there, there are a couple of apps that you can use. One is you can use iPhoto, which is available for, uh, the, for iOS, uh, to do resizing. I, and I, and I've done that and it works. Um, I also wind up using sketch quite a bit. Uh, sketch is a handy hmm. little, uh, it, it's great for marking up photos like if you want to draw circles and arrows on the back of each one well you can't do it on the back but you can do it on the front and i think these days that's probably what arlo uh, would have been looking for anyway 
Uh, but, uh, but you can either take a photo with sketch or you can choose one from your library, which means you can take screenshots and, and, you know, whatever you want. And, uh, and then once you've got it in there, you can, you can pull out all kinds of different things and crop and resize and all of that. But in addition to, you know, putting text and drawing circles and, and that sort of thing. And then if you want, you can share it up with Evernote or save it back to your photo library, which of course then, uh, would let you access it with other apps on your iOS device that, uh, like Shirtogram that, that, uh, that you'd want to use. So that's, uh, that's preview. Uh, that's well, it's preview on the Mac and then sketch and, and, or iPhoto. I'd be curious to hear though, from, I don't do a lot of photo editing on my iOS devices. So I would be curious to hear from, from listeners, uh, what you folks use, because I think, uh, I think that's a that's a handy handy. You can't thing. do that on an iOS device. That's that's crazy talk. <laughs> yeah, it's only a consumption device. Oh, that's uh, right. I forgot. That's uh, right. I'm just kidding. No, but I find it much nicer. Pretty much, I'm Aperture and uh, iPhoto for doing it. Yeah, I don't know if I'd ever really consider Dave, uh, though. I have tried some things like Snapseed and a few things that I got, you know, uh, <laughs> copies of, or, or when they had freebies and stuff. Yeah. I can't imagine doing a lot of photo editing on an iOS device. Well, maybe I, on an iPad. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, I, I use Sketch on my iPhone constantly, but mm. more to do markup. But sometimes that involves resizing or cropping a picture just to get it in the form that I want to share it. And then I draw my arrows and, and you know, add my little text and, and share yep. it in whatever way I want to do it. Okay. Um, as far as retouching and all that, I iPhoto is actually really good. It's surprising. So, hmm. yeah, 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 it's, it's, you know, it's fun stuff. All right. Where are we going? Uh, where, are we? where have we been? Uh, Larry, Larry had a, a question that again, kind of falls into the uh, general help pain, general help. Oh, that's yours. Realm. Good. Yeah. Right. Larry yeah. says my son hmm. has a new 32 gig iPod touch. He has it set to back up to the, uh, to iCloud but obviously has run out of the free five gigs of room. Can I just have him back up in iTunes to the computer and then turn off iCloud? And, uh, and you can, and, and you would do that, Larry, you know, connect it to the computer, uh, either Wi-Fi or, or wired, depending on how you, uh, and how, you know, however you do it. Uh, but uh, it, once you're there, click on it in iTunes, go to the, uh, what is the pain? The general pain, I think is what it is, right? What's that called? Uh, and then right there, you have a backup section and you can choose iCloud or this computer. And if you change it to this computer, then it will back up to that computer. Anytime that computer is online awake with iTunes active and, um, uh, 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 and your phone is plugged in, you know, it'll do it once a day and, and it'll back up and that's possible and, and certainly doable. But just because he has a 32 gig iPod touch doesn't necessarily or even commonly mean that he's going to blow away or blow past his five gig limit. It depends on what he is uh, syncing out there, or what he's backing up. Most apps shouldn't be backing up that much data. Uh, and you can check this. In fact, iOS allows you to do some pretty granular or at least granular down to the app level uh, choices about your backups. So the way you do this is you go onto your iPhone, iPod, you know, uh, iPad, 
uh, go into settings, go to general, and then in general, go to, uh, uh, sorry, not general. Why did I say general? Uh, settings, iCloud, and then at the bottom of iCloud, go to storage and backup. In there uh, will be a button labeled manage storage. Go to that and you will see uh, you have backups listed uh, of all of the iOS devices that you have out there. Now, two things. One, you might have a device listed out here that is simply an old backup of your current device. If you had to, like I did with my son, when we kind of revamped all the way through that, he wound up with an old backup of his iPod touch out there that we wanted to blow away. Uh, and you can do that here by tapping on it and removing it. But you can also tap on where it says this iPhone or this iPod or this iPad, depending on what the device is. And then you can go in there. And if you wait a minute, it will come up with a list of all of the data from each app that it's backing up sorted by the one taking up the most space in your backup first, and you can turn them off or on selectively and individually. So take a look at what's at the top and see what it is that's backing up. If it's this camera roll and you're already syncing to iCloud for your photo stream and all that, you, you can turn that off. Uh, but you're also going to see what's using data and you might say, oh, you know, I've got stuff managed wrong. Maybe you have movies in Goodreader in a weird way that's making it back them up, move them into the you know folder that's not going to get backed up or turn that off and you should be in good shape. So uh, definitely remember that you can you can do that. So that's what I have. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. I also do want to say hi to everybody in the chat room. I know we have been here uh, almost the whole show, but uh slash stream. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday evening. I also want to kind of put a call out here. I, I know I told you last week that we were focusing more on tips and that sort of thing uh, or doing more tips at TMO. And if you are interested in writing for us at TMO, let me know. Uh, you can email the the typical Mac Geek addresses that we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, if you're interested in writing specifically, it will get to me faster if you just write Dave at MacObserver.com. So uh, I look forward to hearing from any of you that are that are looking to do some tip writing uh, and we'll uh, we'll kind of take it from there. But but very interested in having especially you folks uh, that are interested uh, on board with us. That would be a good thing. So, uh, let's see, John, what else are we talking about? You know, I found something that I probably would have put in cool stuff found, but I didn't. So, uh, so I'm going to tell you about it and it's called true connect T R U connect. Um, it's a, uh, it's a MiFi type device, right? Where, which means that it's a, a wireless hotspot device. But what's cool about it is there's no contracts, uh, you can buy devices at like 60 bucks a piece starting, and then you just pay for the, for the data that you use. You pay four cents. You're just shy of four cents a megabyte. And, uh, and that's it. You know, huh. you pay, you pay five bucks for any given month that you're going to use it just to have it active, but you don't have to have it active. It's, you know, it's just a, um, you know, it's an a la carte kind of thing. You can turn it off and then you're not paying anything. Oh, it looks good. Yeah. No, I looked at their page, their coverage map tends to <laughs> lean towards a, a, a somewhat populated area. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'd say it's mostly north, uh, eastern part of the U.S. and, and some of the west. It was it, cities everywhere are covered. And then, you know. Yeah. 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 I but, see here they kind of ignore like, you know, kind of a northern. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're in northern, northern Mont US. Montana, no. Yeah. It's not going to work out. 
But, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it for you or know, even the, Maine here, it looks like the tips here. Uh, the, the Florida's okay, but yeah, no, it looks good. Yeah, so it's um, who do they or I guess they have some sort of cross. My guess deal. is that they use. In fact, I can see it now. Yeah, they use uh, Sprint as their as their data network. So just like okay. Clear does for their, you know, uh, so are they? Stuff. So they're a three and or four G to Wi Fi provider. Yeah, no, it looks good. Yeah, so I just thought it was cool that they're doing this without a contract, and you know. It's good. Um, you know, yet another carrier doing that. I like tis good. Yep. Tis good. Uh, let's see. You got anything else, John? You want to, you want to do Ralph before we wrap this up here? Actually, wait a minute. No, no, no. Before. No, forget, forget that. Uh, we already answered Ralph's question via email. Uh, you went through a, a technical, uh, um, fiasco this week i don't know was it was it a fiasco? i would say uh, i don't think so so okay. dave what i did though uh you know actually i think i can talk about this pretty quick but um huh. some of you know via the podcast or uh the twitters or whatever uh my macbook pro 15 inch early 2008 um is getting a little chatty which uh is good if you're on the internet and using the twitters or facebook or stuff but not good if you're sitting there and it's making noise and that's what happened here. So basically what happened is uh, this particular machine and I got a hats off to the folks that I fix it, who I love those guys. They not only have guides on how to do this, but they sell the parts and I bought the part from them. Uh, the scariest thing. So, so it was a right exhaust fan that basically just started wearing out. I mean, there's a, you know, machine that's several years old and fans can wear out, especially I use this machine probably on a daily basis. Of course, why the other fan hasn't gone, that's a mystery in and of itself. But basically I ordered it. The scary part was I, I got the USPS tracking info, USPS in general. I've had great luck with, um, but it showed a status of missent. <laughs> between <laughs> where it was sent from and my house. And I'm like, Oh, this is not good. That, but finally it got here uh, actually on Saturday. So, uh, took, uh, took the Mac apart, which, uh, I'll credit the, I fix it people for giving good instructions, how to do that. And this was actually not a bad repair. Cool. Did I lose you, John? I think I lost John. That's not good. Uh oh. Hey, are you back? I heard you the whole time. Oh, interesting. You went, you went, you went dark, but you're back. I went dark. Yeah. You only, so, I, you, I mean, only for a couple of seconds there. So it's fine. But to sum it up, uh, old fan out, new fan in. Uh, I think it, it uh, basically was the basic uh, disassemble machine process to access inner parts. And, and this one was a, uh, not hard at all. It was three screws. Take it out. Take a uh, uh, connector off of the motherboard, which provides power and I guess reads the motor speed. And once I put it back in, I the, the first thing I did was run iStat menus to look at the speed of the right exhaust fan. And it said, yeah, it's about 2000. I'm like, okay, I didn't mess anything up. So but yeah, fans go and I guess it's a ball bearings or grease or, or whatever. Just uh, uh, something happens after few years uh it was so annoying because i expect like like you do that any mac should be relatively silent and and even if the fan is spinning it shouldn't be like which is basically what it sounded like so big adventure 
Yeah, that is a big adventure. That's uh, I, you know, that's that's how you that's how you roll. That's how it. Uh, that's how it goes. But I don't, what, what's the last? I'm curious. What's the last repair you did via iFixit or or someone else? As far as something like this, which you know is not critical, but it's probably something you want to take care of. But I don't know. Yeah, I I I'm trying to remember what it was. It was probably a hard drive replacement. Um, probably putting an SSD in or taking one out of a, a MacBook Pro. I seem to recall that maybe uh, six or eight months ago, I, I wound up doing that. Um, and I had okay. it's that's actually uh, it's, you know, with the whole keyboard thing, like you said, you know, you lift it out and all that stuff. If you have a second pair of hands, really, you don't even need the second pair. You just need one more hand. That process is way easier. And I've I've uh, enlisted uh, mm-hmm. my son to do those repairs with me. Oh, he's nice. great. Yeah, no, he totally grocks it. It's, 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 and it makes it fun, you know, as opposed to just being me like disappearing for an hour on a Saturday or whatever. It's, you know, it's father son time. So it's good. Yeah. yeah. But it sounds like you haven't had any major part failures like power supplies or fans or, or whatever. No, I really haven't. Um, and we've got a couple of old laptops still cooking here. In fact, Trying to remember if my original, I think I still, I gotta, I gotta look, but I think even my core duo, do I still have that one? My original Intel Mac book pro, um, that might still mm-hmm. be cooking somewhere in the house here with one of the kids or something like that. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, those repairs are fun. And I still have, I have not taken the screen off of, uh, either of my, IMAX yet with the suction cups. Uh, I mean, I have three IMAX, but one of them, the screen doesn't yeah, come you off need that a way friend for that. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I need a, right. I need or a, a son. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's why you have kids. That's yeah. not a, based on what I've done with uh, Duffy and some others. Yeah. Yeah. Doing that is, is really not a single person operation. No, I I've heard. Yeah. At least certainly not the first time in. Yeah. Yeah. That's what people say. So. All right. Well, that's the band, John. That's good. I like to hear about, you know, us tinkering. It's good for us to tinker. Tinkering is fun. All right. Well, if the band's coming in, then the band coming in suggests that we should tell you about how you can get in touch with us. That's right. Because the band can't because they're frozen. Because <laughs> it's so cold in New Hampshire. Hey, and even speaking, in Connecticut. Speaking of, actually, it wasn't, well, I guess it is sort of cold tonight. But did you, um, so you're uh, you're further south than me, and you I were. I didn't see the lights. Oh, uh, did you look for them? No, nah, it was over. It was overcast. Oh, that's too bad. No, so I, a lot of it. I did see them. What we're talking about is but last. We have a version of the northern, so the northern lights are normally up in like Alaska and stuff, but. Yeah. Yeah, we saw him here last night, but but it, we were not it, it, the the normally the sweet spot, like you said, is is way north of either one of us. But for whatever reason, last night there was a solar flare. Yada yada yada. Um, it, it looked like uh, New Jersey, Connecticut, New York, Pennsylvania were in this like killer viewing uh, spot for the uh, for the aurora borealis last night. And then we were at like the bottom tip of, or the top tip rather, I should say, of, of the of the area. And I did look out, and it was it was fascinating. I it wasn't like you see in pictures, you know. It certainly wasn't full on um, for, for us here. But I did see. We went out with the kids, maybe nine thirty ish, and the sky to the north 
changed color, but it was one of those things where you didn't actually see it change, but you noticed, hey, wait a minute, 30 seconds ago it was sort of reddish, and now it's greenish. Mm. And it, it was like, you didn't see it change, but you were like, how did it get to be that color? It was a very gradual thing, uh, you know, but over the course of like two minutes, it would have changed four or five times. So, yeah, yeah it was cool that, you know, well, I want to see the full say- deal, but. Cool. But I still think both of us, if you take the time, I mean, we're both near the water and you, I think <laughs> we always get some very nice sunsets. Oh, totally. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take yeah. a little stroll and, and see them, especially by the beach. I always think it's cool. But um, did you tell them feedback at MacGeekGab.com is the email address to write to Dave, me? Dave, I absolutely, totally forgot to tell people that if you want to send an email to us with text, graphics, movies, cookies, brownies. Um, <laughs> you can send it to feedback at MacGeekCab.com. That is feedback at MacGeekCab.com. Those of you that are premium members, premium at MacGeekCab.com is the address to use. And uh, and we did do our cutoff uh, at the end of February for uh, premium gifts, oh. and we are working on this. It It is uh, it, it, the best way I can explain the delay is uh, first time blues, right? We're, it, but it's not blues. Uh, it's just taking us more time than we anticipated to properly source this and make sure that we've got uh, them able to be mailed out to all of you in the appropriate way and all of that stuff. So, uh, but we're pretty close, actually. It's 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 coming together, albeit slowly. So, uh, so you know, we're moving. Hopefully a couple of weeks and, and this stuff is cooking. So, uh, it, but we haven't forgotten by any stretch. In fact, I want to, I want to get it. I want to get the stuff. And I want you to get it to me. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, 206-666-GEEK-4335 is the number. I just said that without even asking you to help, John. What is geek again? <laughs> you know better than I. I know. Uh, why don't you tell them about uh, Twitter and all that good stuff, John? Uh, on the Twitter. So, Twitter, you may have heard of it, but if you haven't, well, Twitter.com. Uh, I am Jeff Braun. He is Dave Hamilton. The podcast is MacGab. The publication is Mac Observer. I think that's really it. Other than I that, Twitter, uh, you get it or you don't. And that's right. Even if you don't get it, I mean, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, and of course, Facebook.com slash MacGab is a great place to go, especially if you are predisposed or interested in joining us in the chat room because uh, we post the uh, event there so you know what time it is and next weekend it's going to be it's going to be on Saturday at some point we got to figure that out to the, together John because I'm leaving early Sunday morning so <sighs> yeah uh, alright that's that let's uh, let's thank Michael Johnston let's all together thank Michael Johnston thank you Michael for converting this show to AAC for us and for you Uh he is, of course, the host of the We Have Communicators podcast, as well as the um, creator and proprietor behind GetAppler.com, G-E-T-A-P-P-L-R.com. Of course, all the hosting comes from CashFly at CashFly.com, C-A-C-H-E-F-O-Y, that is. The podcast marketplace includes BB Edit from Barebone Software, PDF Pen 6 from Smile, Gazelle, as we mentioned, Connected Data, as we mentioned, Squarespace, and, of course, CrashPlan. All through Backbeat Media. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate our sponsors helping us out. We appreciate everything. We're just happy to come and do this every week. So, John, we're going to be gone for, well, six days, not quite seven. 
but almost a week. Is there something perhaps you might want to share with them to leave a lasting impression? I'd appreciate it if nobody got caught. Made up.